Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Touche the Podcast, episode three. Dr. Love, how do you feel about that? We're feeling good about that one, Tally. Third time's a charm. Yes, it is. Shout out to all of our lifelong listeners, aka for the past three weeks. Appreciate you. And to any new listeners we may have, welcome aboard. Welcome. Welcome to T the P. No. Yeah, we should call it that. I was no, thinking. we should not. <laughs> I was thinking that earlier. Feeling good, baby. I'm feeling good about that. Does this segment have legs? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just do your part again. You're like, my part was good. My part was perfect. <laughs> I'm not putting that out into the ether. I'm on Tinder notification. Cut. Cut the cameras. <laughs> Let's get into it. How how was your weekend? I mean, Friday we edited the pod together, so I know what you did Friday night. Yeah, you guys, we are so dedicated to this podcast. I was just curled up on David's couch until 10 p.m. on Friday night, just editing away. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have ever had Tally come over to your place, but she has a nickname apparently tornado tally which i learned for the first time I, I like came out of the bathroom and all of a sudden she brought three bags basically mary poppins and just continued to bring more and more shit out of each bag until it covered my whole apartment okay just so you guys know it was mainly like electrical cords yeah how many chargers I, do you need i had a lot of devices and you even used my charger on top of that too so maybe get a bigger bag next time I will get a bigger bag for you, David. What did you do Saturday? Saturday, I bopped around town. Spent the afternoon with one of my best friends, Janina. Shout out to Janina. Shout out Janina. And we just ran some errands. We got a cappuccino. We got some dessert from Italy. It was a great day. And in the evening, I spent some time with my friends, Tina and Duke. Shout out Tina and Duke. Just hung out, chatted, played with their dog. It was a great weekend. What did you get from Italy? They just have the absolute best dessert. I highly recommend their cannolis, if anyone. Oh my god, I love cannolis. Cannolis slap. Cannolis slap. Yeah, it was a great weekend. What'd you do Sunday? Honestly, Sunday just created pod content like t- for 12 hours. We appreciate the hustle. I'm here for the hustle. What about you? How was your weekend? My weekend was good. Saturday started slow. I had some car stuff I had to work on with my father, you know. Car stuff. So the third time that I've been mentioning the car on the pod, it's this, I'm still dealing with stuff from that story when I said the front of my car fell off. Wow. The aftermath is still... I'm still dealing with it just because I am too lazy to bring it to a dealer. But when I asked my dad for help, I was thinking about how my future children are literally screwed. I also started the new season of Outer Banks on Saturday. Oh, it came out. Yeah, have you started it? No, I haven't started it. Well, this isn't a spoiler for anyone, but it's crazy because they are s- start off by being stranded on an island for, I want to say, weeks or months. They all look perfectly toned, perfectly showered, hair just in the... Like, I would barely last 48 hours with a shower. Oh, absolutely not. I'm definitely going to be watching this. <laughs> Thank you, Tally. <laughs> After, you know, a slow Saturday working on my car and watching some Outer Banks, 
I did end up going out Saturday in classic fashion. Did you now? <laughs> but I, w- I went into the night saying I wasn't going to do the note thing again. I was like, eh, I don't know. Maybe that's a one-time segment. Open- people, people love the notes, David. Give people what they want. Opened my notes on Sunday and I was like, oh, I actually did commit to the note segment again. I started Saturday night out at happiest hour. Do you like happiest hour? Depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Do you if want to I'm- elaborate on that? If I'm in the mood to see the Dallas Stars, yes. The Dallas Stars go there? All the time. Wait, Every time you... I go there, I see Tyler Sagan. What? Yeah. On like a Saturday? Because the vibes were not good when I went on Saturday. Okay, you're gonna have to elaborate on that. I'm just gonna say no. I'm not a big happiest hour person. Okay, we're on the same page about that. Okay, good. When I first moved to Dallas, I everyone raved about happiest hour. I don't know if it used to be the place to go. But I felt that everyone was either 21 or 42 there. I That's a safe assumption. So, listeners, let us know your opinions on Happiest Hour. Maybe I'm not going at the right time. Maybe I'm not getting the right drink, but open for feedback. I then went to Grapevine Bar. Have you ever been there? I have not. Okay, we need to go. It's closing its current location soon, so we should hit it up. You know what Touch Tunes is, right? You keep asking me about things I don't know. You... Okay, so Touch Tunes is the same thing as a jukebox, but just, like, you can request songs and pay credits for songs to be played in the bar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Grapevine has one, and I walked in, and I always, I'm a huge Touch Tunes guy, I'm like, I want the bar to listen to the music that I want to listen to. So I immediately went to the Touch Tunes to see kind of what songs were there, if there were any in the request line, and how many credits. Maybe I was getting lucky with the credits in there. But walk over, and there's already 500 preloaded credits in the Touch Tunes. Wow. And so I look around, I go to order a drink, because maybe you know someone put in 500 credits, ran to the bathroom, it was an emergency, and they were going to come back because they wanted to request 500 songs, but ordered a drink, and they were still 500 credits. Like, nobody had touched the Touch Tunes. So I saw this as my opportunity. Touch Tunes rate songs differently. So songs that are not as popular, artists that are not as popular are cheaper. And I had the huge privilege to figure out that Hilary Duff is an underrated artist on Touch Tunes. Oh, so we're back to Hillary Duff again, we aren't we? are back to Hillary Duff. I made the whole bar listen to So Yesterday on repeat four times in a row. Classic. I had a really good time with that. I It was one of those moments where nobody was really noticing, but I was just jamming out and it was more like background music. So did anyone react positively to this song choice? I don't think anyone really noticed, which was truly for the best. I didn't disrupt anyone. I got to jam out to So Yesterday. Really no complaints from my end. Win-win. Truly. Moving through my note, I also wrote Blink-183 Slaps. Blink-183? <laughs> Is that what they're called? <laughs> Wait, no. Wait, what's... Is it Wait, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Is it 182? There is no way in hell this is getting cut, by the way. <laughs> Look at this note. It says Blink-183 Slaps. What is it called? You guys... I wish you were here with us right now. What is it's it called? It's Blink-182. Oh, well. It's just so funny. How, where did the three come from? Why did you <laughs> add one more Blink? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I typed it wrong. 3.50, it's so foggy out. We skipped like seven 3. notes 50 right 3.50 a.m.? <laughs> yeah. David is the biggest night owl of all time. I wrote 4.10, my tummy hurts. So glad to see that Again? happened. Again? <laughs> At the same time? 
5.15, I hate tequila, which is actually false. I love tequila. There was a lot of skipped notes there, but... I thought you were a Deep Eddie guy. You're really I'm confusing fake. our audience. Maybe I'll just have a drink of the week, weekend, and last okay. weekend it was tequila sodas, so bye-bye, Deep Eddie vodka, lemonade, and water. And then Sunday, I was a total schlub and just spent the whole day on the couch on TikTok in a black hole about the Selena Gomez and Hailey Bieber drama. You're going to have to fill us in on what that drama entails because some of us have absolutely no idea. By some of us, I mean me. Oh, completely. And I'll try to keep it as bipartisan as... Po no, I'm lying. I'm clearly no, on side. one side. Pick a side. I am truly on one side hardcore, but I'll, I'll leave that for later. And if I got any hate from it, whatever. Whatever. If this is what we get hate from, then we're doing okay. Anything else you want to talk about your weekend? I feel like it maybe was a little light. <laughs> okay, was that shade? Yeah. Um, all I can say is all day on Sunday, I pretty much spent the entire day texting you our analytics. Okay, let's think about something that doesn't have to do with me or the podcast. Um, well, that's all I have. Should we do a touche the podcast team outing? <laughs> you mean, should the two of us hang out? <laughs> No, literally. Hard pass. No, we should Because you already spend 25 hours with me a week. You want to get into the segments? Yeah. Okay, let's get into it. So, David, I hear you have a really interesting scientific fact for us today. Do you care to share? Oh boy, do I. <laughs> As someone who probably has zero qualifications to share scientific facts, actually, let me scratch that. I probably have negative qualifications to be sharing any scientific facts with the community. However, sometimes I find myself wondering, what happened this week in history? Do you ever find yourself wondering that, Tally? I don't think as much as you do. Well, I'm here to enlighten and educate. So, for our listeners at home and for Tally in the room... I'm here to share what happened this week in history. Exciting stuff. Should it we put in a drum roll here? Oh. <laughs> I'm all for the theatrics. In 1953, the chemical structure of DNA was discovered. What? Wow. That's all your reaction to it? <laughs> well, can you talk more about it? This is the building blocks of life. Okay, yeah. I'm hyped about DNA. Thank you. Let's go, baby. DNA. Let, let's go, baby. So, on February 28th, 1953, which is way later in life than I would have expected for DNA to have been found. Yeah, now that you say that, I agree. Cambridge University scientists James D. Watson and Francis H.C. Crick. Shout out to Francis. And James announced that they have determined the double helix structure of DNA, the molecule containing human genes. So, an even more fun anecdote about this is Watson later claimed that Crick announced the discovery by walking into the nearby Eagle Pub and blurting out that we had found the secret of life. Sounds like my kind of scientist. A pub? Dramatics? But more importantly, why is... DNA important to us. Once again, I'm not a scientist. I'm just here for some fun tidbits. But among the developments that followed directly from the discovery of DNA were prenatal screening for disease genes, genetically engineered foods, the ability to identify human remains, cool, 
the rational design of treatments for disease such as AIDS and the accurate testing of physical evidence in order to convict or exonerate criminals. Wow. So basically... So you're telling me this is how GMO food started? You can blame James Watson and Francis and Francis, Crick. James, and Francis, you dogs. You dogs. But a lot of other good things happen, so that's great to hear. No, yeah. I mean, reading this article and diving a little more into the world of DNA, although I'm sure someone listening will have more knowledge about this. 1953, February, this week in history, the chemical structure of DNA was discovered. Go share it at the bar as a fun fact to all your friends, and, and that's what happened in history this week. Thank you, David, for sharing that. That was very interesting. Francis and James were two pretty good dudes, I would say. Shout out to Francis and James. On a lighter note, what do you have for us, Tally? So this week, I was feeling inspired by your segment that you led last week about the modern dating terms, mm-hmm. and I felt like that segment was very well received. The origination of Dr. Love. So I found myself inspired by your modern dating terms. And so I felt like I wanted to look up some of the old school dating terms that we no longer use. So I have a couple words for you. And I'm going to tell you what this word used to mean and what the modern day equivalent would probably be. First word, wooing slash courting. Love that. What it used to mean... Pursuing another person romantically, often by taking them out on dates to dinner, the movies, or other such outings. What it means now. Texting romantic interest, hey, on a Friday night. Wow, that makes me so sad. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Because that perfectly sums up how dating is... I guess that definition sums up how dating used to be versus how dating is now. Right. There used to be actual, you would go on dates with people, maybe it's three dates, and then you guys would go be official, and now it's kind of, you go on one date, and you either decide to spend all your time together for the rest of your life, or just awkwardly pass each other at a bar. Or you just, like, orbit each other for a couple months. Yes! (laughs) Bringing back our old... A little bit of pod inception happening here. Podception. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true, and it's sad. Yeah, it is sad. Moving into the next term... Going steady. We've all heard it. I love this term. It's a good one. What it used to mean. The next step beyond the courting phase. You're now taking another person on dates exclusively. What does it mean now? Texting romantic interest. Hey, what are you up to this weekend? But several weeks in a row. So still going on that texting theme, but you have now been pursuing this person multiple times. Exactly what I was trying to get into. I think that going steady is, I know last week we talked about the tiers of debating situationship and a thing. Going steady, in my experience, in my friend's experience, is a lost tier nowadays, you know, because you go on dates and then you decide to be boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Going steady has this layer of exclusivity before you're officially boyfriend and girlfriend, right? Am I understanding that correctly? It's like you guys are only dating each other, which in theory you have the label, but it's just you're dedicated to trying to see if it will work before you're officially have the label. Am I understanding that correctly? I would 
say that's accurate. So then what's the major difference between going steady and just having a thing with someone? You might have different experience than me. I would say having a thing does not necessarily dictate that you guys are exclusive. There's too many terms to keep up with. I can't keep up with all these terms. You know that meme of the girl with like the different math symbols flowing yeah. around in her head? That's how I feel talking about all this right yeah. now. It's very confusing. That's what it feels like to date right now also. So let's bring back going steady. Oh, I'm such a fan of bringing back going steady. It kind of gives me like a greaser vibe, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Very John Travolta. Exactly. I, let's go watch Grease after this. Let's do it. Okay, next one. Dear John Letter. Have you heard of Dear John Letter? Isn't this a movie? It is a movie. And I cried. Oh, Amanda stop. Siegfried is in it, right? Yes. She's so good. I She's love her. She's so good. Yeah, I bawled my eyes out at this. Oh my God, now I want to watch that movie. And Channing Tatum. I love Channing Tatum. Same. They're, they were a great duo. So, Dear John Letter, what it used to mean. A breakup letter. The phrase originally referred to letters sent to soldiers from their disenchanted significant others. Oh, that's sad. Oh. <laughs> what it means now. You just get a breakup text. I feel like before social media and before texting and before cell phones, you had to, closure had to be a thing because you couldn't just drift away, right? There was no orbiting happening before cell phones happened. Yeah. And so this required a Dear John letter. Right. I think it's a cute concept. It is cute. It's definitely better than how I assume a lot of breakups are handled nowadays. Moving on, Little Black Book. So what it used to mean, yeah. This sounds sketchy. I know. A book of names and phone numbers often used when a person is lonely or recently single. So a dating app. What it means now, your Tinder roster. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Yeah. Okay, so this whole concept of having a roster is not new. Um, I just threw the roster part in there for my own. <laughs> well, so wait, what was the definition of black, little black book again? LBB? A book of names and phone numbers often used when a person is lonely or recently single. Yeah. So that's also a roster. It's a roster. So this, th- people have been thoughts since the dawn of time. They have been. I, I honestly love that for humanity. Me too. Let me know if you know this one. Carry a torch. What? So what it used to mean. To harbor feelings for someone, especially a person who doesn't reciprocate your feelings. A crush. You carry a torch for that person. Oh. Yeah. What it means now. I kind of feel like it means the same thing now. If you were to say it. So instead of being like, oh, I have a crush on them, I would say, Tally, I'm carrying a torch for them. Yeah. Uh, my last word I have on the list here is necking slash backseat bingo. Oh, I like already know what this one is, but go for it. Yeah. It just means kissing and then it kind of means the same thing now backseat bingo means kissing now you kiss in the back of a car i didn't have to go into the details (laughs) there's kids listening to this podcast we're actually listed as explicit on all platforms so it's interesting that they chose bingo instead of twister like twister was right there backseat twister but backseat bingo has the nice alliteration to it true i am a bingo fan I love the word necking. I would never want to use it, but it's also giving me greaser vibes. It is. This whole list is kind of... Greaser vibes? Yeah. Footloose. You kind of give greaser vibes. Oh, honestly, weren't you wearing a leather jacket yesterday? I was. Wait, was that yesterday? I was wearing it sometime. You were giving greaser vibes last Thursday. Thank you. Leather jacket in the office, baby. I feel like these terms are so much more endearing than the modern dating terms. 
Yeah, I agree. I feel as though modern dating terms all circulate around social media and dating apps. But it is kind of scary to think about how dating and dating culture has evolved over time. Scary. It is very scary, but that's the world we live in, baby. I'm definitely bringing backseat bingo into my daily vocabulary. Welcome to Pop Culture Moment. We have a lot on the pop culture itinerary today, so let's dive in. First, we wanted to have a little awards news. You know, we talked to you about the... What award did Jeremy Allen win? That's Jeremy Allen White to you? Wait, I, well, I don't even remember what award he won. He won Best Actor in a Musical. No, I know, but what award? Best Actor? For like an Oscar, like a... Oh, Golden Globe? Yes. Golden Globe, right? Yeah. So I know we came at you with some Golden Globe conversations related to the bear or whatever that actor's name was, Tally. <laughs> so I wanted to provide you with an update on the most recent award show in Hollywood, the SAG Awards, aka the Screen Actor Guild Awards. Exciting news. This was the first time that the show was streamed live on Netflix YouTube channel. Interestingly enough, the award winners are also seen as an indicator for Oscar's success. So why Hollywood needs an award show to predict what their next award show is, I have no idea, but that's show business, baby. Wanted to just cover some highlights. One of the biggest winners was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It converted its five nominations into a record-breaking four actors or awards. Have you seen Everything, Everywhere, All at Once? No, I haven't. Highly recommend. I watched it on a plane. The storyline is really cute and hits home. Um, the visuals are really good. So if you want good visuals, I would recommend probably not watching it on a plane. It's been on my list to rewatch at home, but has a really good cast. Yeah, the cast is killer. It's sweeping the award season. So, highly recommend for everyone. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. No, it's the storyline is so good. Brendan Fraser won the best actor for The Whale. The Whale has been on my list to watch. It's was done by A24. I love A24's production house. They have Pearl, Triple X, The Whale. Um they have a lot of good movies. Is everything everywhere all at once? A24. That's did? also A24. Holy. Wow. Yeah, A24 is it is on A24 is having a moment. They produce bangers. Yeah, it's on one of my 2023 to-do lists to watch every single A24 movie. So maybe I'll add that as a segment. My A24 movie of the week. I love that idea. The White Lotus, Tally and I are big fans of that. After just winning the Golden Globes, won the best drama series ensemble, and Jennifer Coolidge also won in her own category. As she should, she is the queen after all. What was her first movie? It looks like, though, her first movie was actually American Pie. And then she was in Best in Show. And then she was in Legally Blonde. She actually gives major American Pie vibes. Yeah, she does. She's perfect for American Pie. Oh, and she was in Seinfeld. Oh, no way. In the 80s to the 90s. She goes way back. Yeah, she does. You know what American Pie reminds me of? What? It reminds me of sleepovers in middle school where it was a completely inappropriate movie for us to be watching in middle school but i had um friends who had older siblings and we would all just like watch it together did you feel guilty after you watched like a bad movie as a kid i broke a lot of rules when i was young and i never really felt bad about them what about you 
Okay, that's so interesting. I was the most guilty ch child. Anytime I did anything, I immediately told my parents. I remember when I watched my first rated R movie, I went and I cried to my parents and said I had done something bad. Are you serious? Yeah. We were very different children. Yeah. I also was listening to Good Charlotte and you were listening to Hilary Duff. See, it, that's <laughs> so confusing to me because the music you listen to gives off bad kid vibes. And I was out here jamming to like Hilary Duff and Disney Channel. Meanwhile, I was out here breaking every rule. It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. It defies the laws of physics. Do the laws of physics cease to exist on this? Have you ever seen My Cousin Vinny? No. Okay, you need to watch My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> Next, Abbott Elementary won Best Comedy Ensemble. That I've, is David's favorite show. I've literally, I think I've talked to you about this every single week. Abbott Elementary is one of the most hilarious comedies that I've seen in a while. And of course, last but not least, this wouldn't be a touche podcast without talking about Jeremy Allen White winning in The Bear. I love you, Jeremy. Something I do want to note is once again, Jeremy Allen White beat out Steve Martin in Martin Short in Only Murders, Bill Hader in Barry, and Anthony Kerrigan in Barry as well. I promise I'll stop talking about The Bear eventually, but this show is just a work of art. The cast even went to culinary school so they could learn the actual techniques in the kitchen. So it would be like a hauntingly realistic representation of what it's like to actually work in a kitchen, which I think is really cool. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Also, just my one, why do we have seven award? Like these are the same people that he won against the Golden Globes. And like, why do they need another award show? Yeah, it's like if it didn't drill it in the first time. Speaking of only murders in the building... You were talking about Selena Gomez and the Hailey Bieber drama this weekend. Can you please fill us in? Oh, yes, I was. I did mention that on Sunday I was in a black hole on TikTok because the TikTokers have been bringing up a lot of drama and videos between the two. And before we dive into this, I do want to say that I do not think that anyone should be hating on anyone. I don't believe in cyberbullying. I don't think that some of the TikToks being made about the two girls are fair and we shouldn't slander everyone. I am here as a semi-bipartisan right. <laughs> person to share the drama going on. You're just giving us the facts of the case. We know that you're not picking a side. Wink, wink. For those who might see one or two TikToks about the drama or might see somewhere on the news, I wanted to really provide an outline and kind of background of the drama that's been happening in the past two months. First, the foundational fact that you'll need to know is that Selena Gomez dated Justin Bieber between 2010 and 2018. I remember these days. The glory days. Truly. Truly the glory days. They called it quits. And after a couple of months of calling it quits, Justin Bieber and Hailey Bieber, well, then Hailey Baldwin, started dating and then we're married. I do have a strong conspiracy theory on why they're married, but that's not the reason why I'm here. So I'll... On why they're married? Yeah. Okay, well, you're gonna have to fill me in on that one. I'll talk, I'll talk to you about that after. Okay. So obviously right there, they've had a lot of drama, but it really started when Haley went on an episode of Call Her Daddy. She talked about how she was never trying to steal Selena Gomez's man. That entire episode kind of bothered me of Call Her Daddy because we spent the entire time focusing on Selena and Haley and I wanted to learn more about Haley, but I digress. In February, Selena Gomez has had a very active month on TikTok and what really started it was she accidentally laminated her eyebrows too much to the point where they kind of looked ridiculous and Selena Gomez 
announced to the world that her eyebrows looked ridiculous. She had this whole TikTok about being like, oh my God, maybe I laminated my eyebrows too much. Fast forward a couple of days later, Kylie Jenner then posts on her Instagram story with a zoomed in photo of her eyebrow saying, this was an accident, question mark. Then the next story that Kylie Jenner posted was a screenshot of Kylie Jenner and Hailey Baldwin. Well, sorry, Hailey Bieber. Right. FaceTiming with zoomed in on both of their eyebrows. And that was the next story. Okay. So just being catty. So Kylie said they weren't making fun of her. And Selena commented being like, no, it's fine. They're probably not making fun of me. Even though I would literally cause a war if someone did even way less than that to me. Right. Selena Gomez, after all of the comments back and forth, is like, I'm leaving social media for good. To be fair, Selena Gomez does this every couple of months and is like, okay, I'm taking a hiatus from social media. Did you like Hailey Bieber before this conversation? I think she's fine. Yeah. I don't really feel that strongly about any of these people. Same. (laughs) Right. Okay. I mean, I feel strongly about people who have talent. Hailey Bieber is just a Nepo baby. This is true. She is an Nepo baby. What are your opinions on the Kardashians? For whatever reason, I find myself continuously watching their content. I, I don't know why. Yeah. I... I like the Kardashians, the new show on Hulu. It's entertaining to me. I like Skims. I don't know. I just, I find myself enjoying their stuff. I'm not going to lie. I think my appreciation for Kim K started. This is going to be a little bit of a a fact about me. It started when she started dating Pete Davidson. If there's something that all of our listeners need to know about me, it's that I love Pete Davidson with my entire heart. I love him so much. That tracks so... Pete Davidson, now that I think about it, from everything you've told me, Pete Davidson is probably your ideal man. That is probably accurate. He's so funny. He's so good in all the movies he's in. King of Staten Island, just the cutest movie. He's so self-deprecating. Wow, it would just be so sad if I hung out with the both of you. <laughs> um. Oh my God, speaking of Pete Davidson and speaking of A24, have you watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? No. Oh my God, you need to watch Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Okay, I'll Love. add it to my list. Hi. I saw this tweet the other day saying, in quotes, the list, aka this imaginary list that I don't have that I tell people <laughs> that I add movies to that I'll never ever watch. <laughs> Is that the list that you're putting it on? Oh my gosh, I'm caught red-handed. Yeah, okay, let's watch... I, okay, we'll watch it together. I'll force you to watch no, it. No, I actually have quite a few movies I want to watch. When I'm not editing the pod with you, I'll be watching these movies. Okay, cool. Actually, I mean, knowing that Pete's in this, yeah, yeah. Pete and I are just a first name. Pete. Yeah, just knowing that Petey Boy is in this, I will be watching it probably after this. Okay, perfect. So we've talked a lot about influencers today which got me thinking about AI influencers and with everything going on in the world of AI right now with like chat GPT, all of these little AI chats, it got me thinking about how AI influencers are affecting marketing and brands. Do you know what AI influencers are? I think I've been slightly exposed to them before, but have never really fully gone into that stressful topic. Yeah, I mean, you've probably stumbled across them on Instagram, but for those who don't know, they are digital personas that are created 
um, using artificial intelligence. So they are becoming increasingly popular ways for brands to market to customers. People are starting to create commercials for their brands, you know, videos on the internet using these AI influencers instead of using real people. So one of the major ways that these AI influencers are affecting how brands market to these customers is the their ability to, you know, communicate with mass markets of people and kind of personalize their messages on a massive scale. They're using these really crazy and advanced AI algorithms to look at these customer data and their preferences. And all of these brands can create hyper-personalized campaigns on a more individual basis. It's kind of crazy how this is shaping the way that we market to customers. So in the way that I follow influencers on Instagram to want to know about their life and want to know about tips and tricks that they do, or I mean, I definitely follow influencers more for, oh, fun, they went out here this weekend, or like, oh, this is what they're doing with their significant other, or oh, they went to this friend thing. Are they having these AI influencers kind of have these, not fake, but made up lives that you're supposed to follow? Yeah, you can program them to be anything you want it to be. You can create their persona to be relevant to any audience. And that's what's so eerie about it. That's but, so creepy. But also kind of crazy that we have these abilities. Oh, Maquela. Maquela is an example of an AI influencer. Lil is Maquela? that how you pronounce that? I have no, I've never said her Maquela? name. Maquela? I just thought it was Maquela. Oh, maybe it's, maybe it's Maquela. Maybe I just cannot speak English. That's a great example, though. That was someone I was looking up last night. And it's just so eerie. No, she's really creepy. Yeah. She's I, actually one of the biggest ones. What? Are there any notable brands that have used AI influencers? So Lil Michaela, Lil Lil Michaela is currently one of the most popular AI influencers, um, with over two million followers. Shut up. Yeah. Who Who are these two million people that are following her? Wait, let me see that. New goal for the Touche Podcast Instagram. We are real people. We can beat an AI influencer. I don't know about that. Change your name to Lil Tally. <laughs> Lil Tally and Lil David. Welcome to the Lil Podcast. And she works, quotes around works, with brands like Calvin Klein, Samsung, and Prada. And she's also been pictured with a number of celebrities and profiled in several publications. So you asked about what brands are working with AI influencers. These are some of them. Oh my God, I'm looking at her Instagram right now. And this is so weird. It's very eerie. I can clearly tell that she's fake, but also she looks so real at the same time. Yeah, I know. I think some people get really confused because of how realistic they look. So what is the benefit for a brand to work with an AI influencer versus a real person, a real influencer? There's a couple things. You would just have to weigh out the pros and cons for your business. Obviously, they're cost effective. A lot of, I, I'm not sure about the cost to work with someone like Lil Michaela, but you know, sometimes a lot of these really big influencers demand super high fees. Um, you also have control over their content. The ability to personalize them you can maintain, you know, the image or message that you're trying to portray. They're available 24 seven because you know what? AI don't sleep, baby. And neither do we. 
<laughs> neither do we. And then also, this might not be as, you know, consistently relevant, but they don't get caught up in the scandals that come around influencers. You know, if, if a brand is working with a celebrity and all of a sudden they're in the media for something that's negative and now your brand's put, you know, connected to that influencer. So those are some of the pros, but... Yeah, so I'm really not about to throw a wrench in your last one and this beginning comment we can cut out and then get to the next comment. So I'm stalking Lil Michaela's Instagram right now. Does she have drama? And it seems like they're purposely throwing her in controversies to create drama and information around her. She was in the Calvin Klein campaign with Bella Hadid. And I'm showing you this video right now, but basically in this Calvin Klein campaign, Bella Hadid was kissing Lil Michaela. One, that's crazy that Bella Hadid is doing a Calvin Klein campaign with an AI influencer. Crazier that they did this for controversy. And she also has so many other posts being like, I know everyone hates who I am, but I'm going to like, she's like trying to respond to controversy in the same way that a regular influencer would. Is this like a social test or something? No, this is crazy. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of into it. Yeah, me too. I can't believe she has 3.8 million followers. I mean, I wonder what her rates are that she charges because once again, who created, so who, who's the mastermind behind Lil Michaela? So it says here on Bloomberg that Lil Michaela charges a fee of 8,500 per sponsored post. So going back to one of the pros of working with AI influencers, some influencers probably charge half a million dollars for a sponsored post. So the cost difference is stark. Yeah, but who is getting that 8,500? Because Lil Michaela is not getting it. It says in 2020, Lil Michaela earned $12 million for her modeling in her influencer posts. Are you kidding me? She doesn't exist. She also has a single out. What? Why is an AI influencer killing it? This, these photos are so trippy. I would recommend everyone go to her Instagram. She has a, she has a boyfriend. Are you kidding me? This wow. AI influencer has a boyfriend and I don't. Are you joking? <laughs> okay, what does what does she have that you don't? Totally! <laughs> I'm real. She's 19. Good for her. Does she age? How does that work? I mean, does she come out of the womb 19? Like <laughs> It says that Lil Michaela was created by two people, Trevor and Sarah. Co-founders of Bruh, Brood, Brud, creators of the first computer-generated social media influencer in 2016. So I, I think if you cannot tell by our reactions here, looking at these pictures, talking about how obscure and bizarre this is, but there's a, there's a level of, you know, lacking authenticity that I personally feel like I wouldn't be able to connect with. Yeah, I think it's cool that Little Michaela did an ad with Bella Hadid, but it's, you know, her in itself is, is, is too eerie for me to be able to connect with a brand. So I feel like that's kind of a con of using an AI influencer, that lack of authenticity and difficulty kind of creating that connection with your audience. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I actually, after stalking her Instagram might be on the other side here where I classic literally, I went through all of her posts and I honestly was invested. If she was to start a YouTube channel, I would probably start watching. I'm not going to lie. I want to make an AI influencer version of you. And I can just make you say whatever I want and agree with me. Um, as long as you give him abs, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, that's all I had for you about AI influencers. Shout out to little Michaela. If you're listening to this podcast, if you have the ability to listen to podcasts, I hope you listen to ours. If she can talk, I want her to be our first guest. Show me the money. It's time for show me the money, baby. Show me the money, baby. Um, this week, we unfortunately do not have a subscription story, although we were close. What? We were close to adding another subscription story this week, but I figured three weeks would be absolutely insane. So we'll save that for next week. I'll be counting down the minutes. This week's show me the money segment is about rent. Something I truly feel close to, as I'm sure a lot of listeners do, but it's about why your rent is about to fall and tenants, me and others, are finally gaining power in the housing market. After years of steep rent hikes, renters are starting to get some relief. Apartment rents dropped in every major metropolitan area over the past six months through January. According to listing site apartment list, with new leases dropping by an average of 3.5%, that dip is a result of renters maxing out on how much money they can devote to rent in a flood of new supply hitting the market. The average renter is now paying 20% more for a new lease before than before COVID. Wow. Which is crazy. Especially, I mean, if you look at the areas in Dallas, rents are crazy for Dallas, Texas, in my opinion. No, I agree. It listed the top five markets with the most units under construction. Now, units under construction is good because if the supply is increasing, that means in theory, the rent should be lowering. Right. And so one of the top five markets where units were under construction is... Can I guess? Yeah, please guess. Okay. Um, Austin. Was that your actual first guess? Yeah. Oh, you're actually not wrong. Austin is one of them. Wow. But even better. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, Texas, baby. Represent. I was going to say Dallas next. I was only going to do Dallas, but do you want me to mention some others? Yeah. Okay. Chicago. No. Seattle. No. LA. No. Okay, just tell me. <laughs> um, some other notable ones are Phoenix, Atlanta, and interestingly enough, the DC area. Hmm. So. So two of the five are in Texas? Yeah. Is crazy. I know I've talked to you about this, but I've debated moving to a new apartment and I'm always on the fence. You know, I hate making commitment. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> because of that, this article really made me think maybe this is the year that the move should happen. Maybe this is the year I move into a new apartment. Yeah. If you're going to do it, now is probably the time. My biggest issue is that I'm on a summer lease circulation and being on a summer lease renewal is the worst because that's when rents are the most expensive. You know, as house owners taught me from a young age, location, location, location. 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 <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm also a person that I'm willing to take a cut on like the apartment to be in a better location. For sure. I think in the end, which is why it's the number one rule of real estate. That's what's going to make you the happiest is the walkability, mm -hmm. closeness, the things that you love. Mm -hmm. Hopefully this bodes well for both of us and hopefully rents stay low for a little while. What's after location, what's most important to you? The amenities? Do you Washer want, and dryer like, in unit. Interesting. So we really, the bar's on the ground. For me with apartments, yeah. <laughs> I'm a low maintenance individual when it comes to my living space. That's really nice. 
well, I would say walkability, washer and dryer in unit, and a decent gym is like probably my only requirements. I also don't cook, so I truly could care less what the kitchen looks like. Okay, yeah. What are your top three? I Location, of course. Mm-hmm. I really like a nice kitchen. Yeah. I like a gas stove. Oh, that's really specific. Very specific. And also, I like a stand-up shower. I don't like bathtubs. But it's really hard to find all of these things. Do people enjoy taking baths? I don't know. I think... Well, I know a lot of people who love taking baths. I do also know... <laughs> I mean, do people like to take baths to clean or is it like I I showered and then take a bath? I think it's just relaxing. Yeah, but like my bathtub is like right next to my toilet. I don't need to be like (laughs) relaxing as I'm head to head with my toilet. Like I just, I mean, I just, is that people's, I'd rather be in a hot tub. Yeah, at least the chlorine kills all the germs there. (laughs) I, I just think, I know that bathtubs i don't know about the cost to put in a bathtub versus a shower but i obviously i'm sure you know this too if you have a bathtub doesn't it drive up the value of your home or do you need to have a bathtub and a shower i was right (laughs) (laughs) it says many u.s homeowners can recoup around 60 percent of their investment from having a bathtub installed in their home so Add a bathtub to your home. Thank you for that enlightening comment on our segment about rental prices of apartments. <laughs> Things pivoted, David. It's okay. I, I've always like really wanted to be a bath person though. I know. With like a nice, with bath salts in a book or something. I don't know. What do people do in the bathtub? Bath salts? <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> what are bath salts? <laughs> Show me the money. In my saved rent. And that's a wrap. Thank you all for tuning in to episode three. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Touche the Podcast, Twitter at Touche the Pod. You can also find us on YouTube if for some reason you want to listen to us on there. Also, we have a TikTok. Oh, we're telling people? <laughs> yeah, we are. David has me recording TikToks, you guys. Send us your deepest, darkest questions at touchethepodcast at gmail.com. Shameless plug. If you feel so inclined, rate us five stars on your platform of choice. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever tickles your fancy. Time for me to dust off those old biology books and learn a little more about some DNA, baby. Okay. I'm going to figure out how I can get in contact with Pete Davidson. (laughs) Thank you and good night.